and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of October 31st, 2022. For those of you who are listening today on Halloween, happy Halloween. For those of you who are listening later in the week, I hope your Halloween was safe and you didn't make any bad decisions. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors, and I'm ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. The week that was, was one in which you could sort of just put a shrug emoji over the podcast and wrap it up because the market just shrugged off bad news. Whether it was bad housing data from the previous week spilling over into this week with Case Schiller disappointing, FA home price index disappointing, as well as new home sales disappointing, the market then went ahead and shrugged off the PMIs from the week, services and manufacturing, which were both weak. And then, as if that weren't enough, It shrugged off poor numbers from Microsoft, Amazon, Meta, Google. I mean, these aren't small companies. These are companies that have massive weightings in the S&P 500. If you look at Apple, which was at least one of the the earnings releases this week from the big companies in the S&P 500 that sounded pretty good and and the market reacted too well. After that, Microsoft's basically 6% of the S&P 500. Amazon's 3%. Google is basically 4%. So you have these massive companies, multinational corporations who have extremely weak prints this week across the board, whether it's advertising, whether it's their enterprise business in the case of Amazon, Amazon Web Services, in the case of Microsoft, their cloud business, Google's advertising business, Meta's advertising business, all of these things at the very least were troubling when you think about what enterprise spending means for the economy, what it means in terms of the indication and the reticence of executives surrounding economic activity and the outlook for economic growth, and yet market shrugged it off. Finally, on Friday, the market shrugged off still robust data in the form of PCE, the Fed's favorite indicator of inflation, one that you would think would likely increase the odds of aggressive Fed funds policy as opposed to, as we talked about last week, signal some sort of upcoming pause in Fed funds policy and the trajectory of rate hikes. But once again, S&P 500 up basically 4% for the week. You look across the board, only one sector was down and that was XLC. We'll get into that in a minute, down two and a quarter percent. But beyond that, I mean, you have some serious moves in some very cyclical sectors of the market. XLI, the best performing sector, industrials up basically 6.7%, sector in focus last week, shout out. And then you had financials up six and a quarter percent. You had staples up 6%. You had healthcare up 5%. Pretty significant moves. Even technology, which as we mentioned had a pretty weak print for Microsoft, was up four and a quarter percent. So sectors that at least orient more cyclical had very strong weeks. Sectors that orient a little more defensive also had pretty strong weeks. I mean, even utilities was up six and a half percent this week. So quite the rally across the board outside of communication services. Energy was up just 2.7%. So it lagged the market, even though, once again, in this theme of trying to read the tea leaves of the market, what's good, what's bad, what is good is bad, what is bad is good. Exxon and Chevron had really strong earnings releases on Friday, including Exxon's largest ever quarterly profit. 
and the company hitting an all-time high, and yet energy was a laggard this week. So make of that what you will. It was a fairly light week in terms of volume across the select sector spider lineup. We had about 655 million shares traded across the 11 ETFs. And I think broadly in the market, it wasn't a very robust week in terms of volumes. We did see some pretty significant flows over a trailing one-week period for the select sector spider lineup, specifically financials. 31 million new shares created in XLF alone, 40 million across the lineup, 4 million in XLV or healthcare. Beyond that, just some small creation activity in some sectors, some normal creation activity in others. The only one that saw meaningful redemptions last week was XLU or utilities. So add it all up and it was another week of, of really strong tape in the market, comprehensive sector performance to the upside. And outside of communication services, a pretty, pretty compelling week for investors who are looking for some sort of rotation in the market. We're now down 18.15% on the S&P for the year, which once again is below quote unquote bear market activity. So we'll see what type of persistence there is in this rally against the backdrop where the economic data, at least as it relates to housing, continues to be very soft. And some of the earnings releases from very big companies that are large weightings in the market large weightings in key sectors, also showing signs of economic weakness. One of those sectors, as we talked about, was communication services, which is the sector in focus this week. And communication services hasn't been a very good sector this year. In fact, it's the worst performing sector in the S&P 500. It just finished a week down more than 2%, where the S&P 500 had another strong week and other sectors were up as much as 6%. So it's probably worth revisiting this sector, given all that's been taking place. And one thing I, I wanted to sort of note is that if you look at the year-to-date performance of communication services versus the year-to-date performance of an equal-weighted version of communication services, it's underperforming largely because of the large cap footprint of the sector or the mega cap footprint, I should say, of the sector. Because if you look at the weighting in XLC of various companies, companies we talked about this week printing really poor earnings results, whether it was Alphabet or Google, Meta, these are companies that constitute more than 30% of the portfolio by weight in aggregate. And I think it's important to note that those are two companies whose advertising revenues are a very insightful perspective on what's happening at the enterprise level, how willing C-level executives are at companies around the United States to spend money, and globally for that matter, on advertising to try and reach their customers on the platforms that people use the most, which is, of course, Google's platform, as well as Facebook, Meta's platform, and the other brands that they have, including Instagram. So when you look at the sector at a high level, you sort of think to yourself, well, these companies are in a very challenging market environment. But the reason I brought up the equal weighted version of communication services, and it's something we've talked about in the past, is after you get outside of those really large weightings in the portfolio, all of a sudden you get to T-Mobile, AT&T, Verizon, companies who or sort of old telecom as it relates to the sector level, they're now an industry group within XLC, within the communication services sector. And they only account for, let's call it 13%, 14% of the portfolio when you combine diversified telecom and wireless telecom services. But the fortunes of those companies, very different than the fortunes of these mega cap social media and other communication services and entertainment media companies that now constitute the bulk of the sector. And when you look at the earnings growth for communication services over the course of the past five years, it's been one of the fastest growing sectors in terms of sales and earnings growth, compounded 
sales growth over the course of the past five years, right around 12.5%. And then you start to get into where we're at so far in 2022, which is negative EPS growth and sales growth that is still very strong, but certainly isn't translating to the bottom line as a result of inflationary pressures and other pressures as it relates to margins. But when you look out at 2023, all of a sudden sales growth is expected to be in the single digits and EPS growth is expected to be just around and just above the trend over the course of the past five years. So you're trying to reconcile the outlook for sales growth for the communication services sector and the outlook for earnings growth. And because the multiples on XLC have come in so much since the beginning of the year, since the beginning of this quote unquote bear market, investors are left to wonder whether or not this is a sector that's actually becoming cheap relative to its own history and recent history in terms of its valuations, or if it's a sector that is likely to face the headwinds of having such massive weights to these mega cap companies at the top of the sector. And going forward, it's it will be interesting to see how guidance changes from Alphabet and Google, how guidance changes from Meta as either the backdrop for economic activity starts to pivot and improve into the end of 2022 and into 2023, or if we continue to see this rolling trend of advertising business pressures and enterprise level spending on things like advertising, as well as some of the enterprise services that Alphabet and its competitors are involved in, specifically their cloud business. And that will be the focus for investors looking at XLC in the coming months and into 2023. So with that, let's look ahead to next week. And we've got just November kicking off in earnest. We've got Fed Week, of course, with the Federal Reserve expected to increase the federal funds rate by another 75 basis points, something that the market always pays extremely close attention to. You get the scrolls, you get the bars on your financial media outlet of choice telling you when it happens and how it happens. And then we'll also get jobs data. So we're going to get quits and openings in the week and then finally non-farm payrolls on Friday. So talk about kicking off a week with some serious economic data, kicking off a month with serious economic data as we lead into the last couple months of the quarter and the last couple months of the year. On the earnings front, Again, we're in the meat of earnings season, just like we were last week. I mean, you had to take a breath after that with all of those massive companies who are so important to the market and to the overall economy. And it's pretty remarkable that the market was able to have the type of rally it did last week, despite the fact that so many of the companies with the largest weightings in the market had such poor weeks and such poor earnings results. Now, next week, pick your sector. In healthcare, we've got Pfizer. and energy, we've got Philip 66, among others. Real estate, Simon Property, technology, AMD. So the reality is, is regardless of what sector you're looking at, what sector you're looking for insight into from a results perspective, you've got choices over the course of the next week and into the rest of November. And those companies are an important gauge into the outlook for, the guidance for economic activity and the impact of all of these geopolitical, macroeconomic, inflation policy, et cetera, trends. And it will be a week where, once again, the market is heavily influenced by some combination of the economic data and how investors extrapolate that and relate it to the real-time earnings results that we're hearing from still significant companies in the market, not Meta, Amazon, Google, and the like, but companies that are powerhouses in their own individual sector will give us a read through on current economic conditions and the expectation for economic conditions. 
So with that, I'd like to thank everyone once again for joining me. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. This has been the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of October 31st, 2022. Happy Halloween, and we'll talk to you next time.